I'm so glad that God saw fit for us to see another day. A special thank you to the River of Life uh, family. So uh, excited to have the opportunity to share with each of you. Uh, also special thank you to uh, Pastors Thomas and, and Joanne Rich. And again, so grateful that uh, they gave me the opportunity to share with you all today. When we last spoke, we discussed uh, the dreamer that uh, is probably most famous out of everyone in history that we, we know about, especially biblically, and that was Joseph. And so during that particular message, uh, we talked about three main points. And the three main points of that message uh, was one, protecting your dreams, down but not out, and that everything that we go through is not always for us. We also went through Genesis chapter 37, and we spoke about uh, Joseph sharing his dream with his brothers, okay? His dream that uh, basically said that his brothers were gonna quote unquote bow down to him. And we talked about this before because even with sibling rivalries and, and, and so forth, we wanna make sure that uh, we're not doing anything in and of ourselves that would bring dishonor to God. And so Joseph had this dream. He didn't know what it meant, but his brothers felt like he was being disrespectful, you know, towards them. So much so that they hated Joseph for what it is that he shared and, and really for who he was. And he just seemed to be desensitized to all of those things. But it got to the point after he shared this particular dream that his brothers, being so angry with him, actually staged Joseph being killed, okay? Um, their father had given Joseph this, this, this beautiful robe just as a sign that he loved Joseph so much. And I think it's fair to say that his brothers were a bit jealous of all of the attention that Joseph was getting. And so one day when they were out working, uh, they staged that, that Joseph was killed. They ripped his, his robe off, put him in a ditch, and um, they put the, the blood from an animal uh, all over the, the, the robe. And so ultimately what they ended up doing was not leaving Joseph in that ditch, but they actually um, took Joseph out of the ditch when they saw some, some people that were, were, were heading uh, towards Egypt. And what they did was actually sold Joseph into slavery. So again, these are his brothers that did this. And when they went back home, the brothers reported to the father that Joseph had been killed and they used that robe that had blood on it, stained on it uh, from that animal as evidence that Joseph uh, was actually killed. And so the father, uh, Jacob, was so um, disheartened by that situation. But today we're gonna continue along and, and continue exploring that story of, of Joseph with a message that is titled, When the Going Gets Tough, the Tough Gets Going. And again, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going is the title of our message uh, for today. And there's three points that we're gonna, uh, that we're gonna touch on and, and, and just really go through uh, with this message today. The first one is to keep the faith. Again, keep the faith. The second message is acknowledge God in all aspects of our lives. Again, to acknowledge God in all aspects of our lives. And then the third point is that the Lord will make a way. Again, the Lord will make a way. And so 
I think when it comes to our dreams, if we're not careful, we can get to the point that we're almost at our breakthrough. But if we're relying upon what it is that we're seeing physically and we're not really in tune and relying upon God as we should, maybe we give up on that dream right when we were going to get that breakthrough. And so I just want to encourage you today that we make sure that we are leaning into what it is that God has placed upon our hearts, that we're praying for guidance on what it is that God wants us to do in this particular time period. How does God get the glory from our lives? Okay, so let's continue to go through uh, those those points. The, the, the first point, keep the faith. And when I think about that, uh, everyone, I'm, I'm reminded of my, my grandfather, my grandfather who was a pastor. And as I remember it, uh, I remember uh, going to his church, uh, which was in Forestville, Maryland. And I remember going to his church and I would always know when, we, when the service was about to get started because my grandfather, he loved to sing. And he would sing this one uh, specific song every Sunday, or at least it seemed like it to me. But he would <laughs> sing this particular song as he made his way to the pulpit. Now, see, I need to also highlight the fact that, you know, my grandfather, uh, my grandfather had a prosthetic leg. And so if you didn't know it, you wouldn't know that he had a prosthetic leg, but he didn't move very fast. He had a very uh, deliberate pace when he was walking wherever it is that he was going. Uh, you know, I remember seeing how with his prosthetic leg, I mean, he, he had the, the same dress shoes. There was there was nothing that would make you think that this person, that he did not have, um, you know, two legs that were fully functional and, and, and so forth. But again, going back to him singing uh, this song every Sunday, the song that he would sing uh, went a little something like this. And, uh, you know, granddad, uh, hopefully uh, you give me a pass on this because I don't sing it quite the way that you do. But I remember that he would start off by saying, I know the Lord will make a way. Yes, he will. And when he would walk down the aisle of the, the, the church and he would start singing that song, whether it was Mr. Larry or my Aunt Geraldine, who was my grandfather's sister, if either of them were playing the piano, everyone, it just seemed like the most soulful song that my young heart at the time had ever heard. I just enjoyed hearing my grandfather sing. But if you can just envision that as he's walking deliberately down the aisle, he had his ministerial uh, robe on and he was a Baptist preacher okay and as he's walking in and making his way to the pulpit he's singing that song and I just thought it was a song that he liked to sing because you know at eight nine years old we don't really have a full grasp of everything that maybe people are dealing with in their lives as I got older I, I came to understand that my, my grandfather had some some health ailments aside from you know his leg and, and so forth but I think that that song for him ended up being a theme for how he was to live his life. Amen. I know for me Amen. that that song ended up being uh, an encouragement for how it is that I should strive to live my life. Okay, I, I didn't always make the, the best decisions. And, and today, still not always making those best, uh, best decisions. But by the same token, I'm praying that God is going to lead me. He's going to guide me. And, and how I should go. 
And so when we're down, when we're not feeling like we understand everything that's happening and why it's happening, I think it's important to think about those songs. Think about those things that we're allowing to, to really minister to our hearts one way or the other. Okay, if you're listening to a whole bunch of negative things and, and guess what happens, then your outlook tends to be a little bit more negative. But we have to find things that are going to encourage our soul. And so for me, that song ended up being an encouragement. Uh, he, he continued with the song. And by the time he got up to the, to the pulpit, I, I guess he got to the next verse of the song. And uh, the, the, that verse uh, would go like this. It says something along the lines of, he'll make a way for you and he'll see you safely through. I know the Lord will make a way. Yes, he will. And so as I just listened to that song, I mean, no matter what it is that was going on, I would just really feel encouraged, but I would be happy to see my grandfather uh, singing that. And it was just a, a positive memory for me uh, for the countless times that I heard him sing that song. But I believe that that ties into this next verse that we're going to go over. And that is Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, verse 11. And in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it, it reads as, as follows. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And if we can continue along with that, uh, in verse 12, it says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And so this is the scripture uh, that, that was on my heart because I feel like it really captures the relationship that we have available to us with God. Mm. And when we think back on what it is that Joseph experienced, Joseph, despite the circumstances that were trying to say the least, he was still able to keep the faith. And God was able to get the glory out of what it is that that, that Joseph was, was going through. And we'll talk more about that in a, in a few moments. But, you know, as I, I thought about that song, I know the Lord will make a way. There were times for me when I didn't know how I was going to make it through. And, you know, I think I heard the songwriter say, but God, right? Um, additionally, I was encouraged by that song because, you know, I remember when my son was, was still a toddler, in, in my mind, really a baby, but he was still a toddler. And I just felt so helpless because, my son had to be hospitalized with several, you know, sicknesses that he was dealing with and, and, and so forth. And as a parent, you don't want your children to go through, you know, those things. But that was something that my son had to encounter. And so I just had to remember and encourage even my, you know, my wife with this, that the Lord was going to make a way. Now, she probably actually was a little bit calmer than, than, than I was, but I just felt like, my goodness, God, I need your help as we're, we're going through this. And then there was, you know, also uh, another time when my wife's help was, was something that was called into question. And again, that song, and I can literally hear my grandfather still singing that song today, you know, as I reflect upon that, that the Lord will make a way. And so as we, you know, keep that in mind, the next verse uh, or next scripture that we're going to look to is Hebrews Chapter 11, okay, and, and, and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. 
Again, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And, and that's from the, the King James Version you know, of the Bible, uh, the Bible. Now, in the midst of trials and tribulations and unexpected tests, as people, it is not uncommon for us to ask, again, um, why are these things happening? But we have to remember that through it all, that God is in control. We have to continue to keep the faith, no matter if our prayers are answered the exact way that we want them to be answered or not, God is still in control of everything that is happening, you know, within our lives. And so that's why it's so important for us to stay plugged in, you know, with God as we are just going through our, our, our daily um, task or whatever it is that we're that we're working on. And so another scripture that encourages me, and we're going to look into how Joseph was able to stay encouraged and, and, and what it is that he did, because Joseph is the classic case, in my opinion, of an underdog. Again, he was sold into slavery by his brothers, had to go to a foreign land, and he was, at that point, by his brothers, he was pretty much left for dead. And we come to find out later on in, in the story of Joseph, as you're reading through Genesis, that at one point, his brothers had thought that Joseph was already dead, okay? But Joseph, keeping the faith, he ended up in a predicament that nobody would have thought was possible, and we'll talk more about that. But as we look at Genesis uh, chapter uh, 39, okay, and we'll come back, but we look at Genesis chapter 39, we know that after Joseph was, was sold into uh, slavery, he worked for someone by the name of Potiphar. And we're going to go ahead and move to point number two, which is to acknowledge God in all aspects of our lives. Okay, so again, to acknowledge God in all aspects of our lives. So if we look at Genesis 39, verse 6, it says, So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she had spoken to Joseph day after day, he refused to what? Go to bed with her. So this woman wanted Joseph to have an affair uh, with her, and Joseph refused. Even though he came to Egypt as a slave, he was uh, ended up being bought by Potiphar, who we come to realize is someone that, that worked for Pharaoh, uh, worked directly with Pharaoh as a part of uh, the, the kingdom there. And so in Potiphar's house, he had Joseph working there and basically everything that Joseph touched ended up being good. Potiphar didn't worry about anything because of how Joseph handled his business. And so that was a testament to Joseph that despite the, the circumstances that that looked really, really unfortunate, he still was put into a position of leadership within that realm. He was put into a position of leadership. And despite him being wrongfully 
enslaved and, and, and all of those things. And, and slavery is never a good thing, but, you know, period. Despite his circumstances, he still, he wasn't spiteful towards God. He still was trying to do things in a way that would honor God. And he said as much in this particular scripture. Let's continue to move along. So in Genesis uh, chapter 39, after it came to light that, that Potiphar's wife had falsely accused Joseph, but said that Joseph had, had tried to rape her, um, basically, uh, Potiphar then put Joseph in prison. So Joseph went from being in a leadership role, everything that he was doing there at Potiphar's, um, Potiphar's house, uh, helping it to basically turn to gold and, and just be um, profitable. In that sense, Potiphar had to place Joseph in jail because now his wife had accused Joseph of this egregious uh, crime. And so Joseph went to jail, and we see that in, in, in chapter 39. But in verse number 20, it says specifically, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So let's get this. Once again, despite the circumstances, Joseph is gaining favor. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those um, that were held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever it is that he did. So now we have Potiphar, and then we also have the warden, that when they came into Joseph's presence, they ended up realizing that the Lord was with Joseph, that he was a trustworthy person. And so in everywhere that Joseph is going, people are seeing this gift, and they are giving him the opportunity to lead. But again, this is the same Joseph whose brothers sold him into slavery, whose brothers got upset with the dream that Joseph had. And I think part of the lesson in that is that we can't share our dreams with everyone, right? We need to pray for a spirit of discernment in terms of who it is that God is aligning us with to help bring forth what it is that he's purposed us to live, okay? So that's very important for us. Be prayerful of who it is that you're sharing your dreams with, who it is that you are sharing those things that God has placed on your heart, with who it is that you are aligning with to do the work that God has put on your heart to do, okay? We all have a purpose. I don't believe that any of us are, are here by mistake. I don't believe that you're listening, you know, right now by mistake. And so I'm going to ask you this question because of the format that we're in. Um, what would be your definition of success? Again, what is your definition of success? So go ahead and, 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 and go ahead and, and type that in to the comments as you are listening right now. I'll give you a few moments there. But again, what is your definition of success? And I think what we're going to find as you start to look at the comments that are being placed there now, that people have different definitions of success. Some are going to say that success is, is monetary. So if you've got a lot of money, then you're successful. Others are going to say that, hey, having great health and having some money, that's the definition of success. Others will say that, hey, if you're living a life that God has called you to live and God is just taking care of any of the provisions that you need, then that's successful. But again, as you're looking right now in that chat, you're going to see people that are starting to put those definitions there and just see how things are worded differently. None of us are exactly the same. 
which means that we're not going to always have the same outlook upon things, right? And so keeping that in mind, your gifts, your gifts, each one of us have God-given ability. Our gifts are going to be different. But we need to really recognize and honor the gifts that God has placed upon our lives so that he can get the glory from it, so that we can help draw other people to be in relationship with the Lord and, and, and to live in a way that can, you know, not just be helpful for ourselves, but be helpful for everyone, right? Because we want to treat everyone with the, the love, the compassion that God gives to us. We want to, you know, be treated in a way that God gives us grace when we make mistakes. We want to be able to give other people you know, a level of grace and, and, and so forth. That's a whole different message. But I, I wanted to point that out because, you know, I think that right now more than ever, it's important that we are really, really not just leaning to our own understanding, but we are seeking out what it is that God has, you know, for us. So let's get back to Joseph real quick, because I don't want to go down that road and, and open up a whole different message there. But again, God's, when God's timing is there, when we recognize that we have certain gifts, our gifts are going to make room for us. Okay, so fast forward, Joseph had dreams, but now he's in prison and he's actually interpreting dreams. He was in prison with uh, two other uh, people from Pharaoh's kingdom that worked directly with kingdom. Uh, excuse me, worked directly with Pharaoh. One of them was a cupbearer, and the other was a baker. And these two men had dreams that they couldn't interpret. And they asked uh, Joseph. Joseph was able to accurately interpret the dream. The only thing that he asked is that when you're, when you're able to get out of prison, that you don't forget him. Well, here's the thing, team. Sometimes you help people out. They don't always return the favor back right when we think that they're going to do so, or maybe even when we ask them to do so. And in this instance, we see that Joseph... He was sad, right? Because uh, these guys, specifically the cupbearer, uh, he did not remember Joseph when he got out of prison and he was back in, in favor with Pharaoh. And it was not until Pharaoh had a dream that no one within Egypt could interpret. All of the wise men and, and so forth like that, none of them could interpret this dream. And this was something that was very troubling uh, to Pharaoh. And so finally, one of the servants um, more specifically, that cupbearer, uh, he remembered that Joseph was able to help interpret his dream when he was in prison. And so because of that, um, in Genesis chapter 41, uh, verse 14, it says, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. So again, Joseph was in prison. He was in a dungeon. We know that some time has, has, has passed here. And it says, when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. So remember, Pharaoh, he was the king, the highest ranking person in, in, in the country of, of Egypt. And so in order for people to come within his presence, these were the things that had to be done. So we can just tell from this story that Joseph, he had shaved, probably didn't have the best clothes. But when he was being brought before Pharaoh for these reasons, they went ahead and, and, and did that uh, for him. So as we get ready to close out, let's continue with this, this scripture here. Uh, verse 15, it says, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And so get this, team. 
Joseph immediately said, if I can, he said, I cannot do it. Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. So Joseph didn't try to take credit for his ability to interpret dreams. He accurately gave what? The credit to the Lord. He gave it to God. He said, it is God that will give Pharaoh the answer that he desires. And so in other words, Joseph was saying that he was merely what? A vessel. Yes. That was going to be able to relay what it is that God Amen. placed on his mind, his heart, to be able to share with Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream, I was standing on the bank of Nile, when out of the river there came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they grazed among the reeds. And them, excuse me, and after them, seven other cows came up, scrawny and very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, ugly cows ate up the uh, seven fat cows. And so that was the dream that Pharaoh had. He was trying to interpret what it was. But Joseph was able to interpret it with what? With God's help, right? What that meant. And so he was able to tell Pharaoh that, look, you need to start making provisions right now because there's going to be a massive famine that is going to come to this land. And it's going to... Uh, cause people to not have the resources, to not have the food, to be able to sustain themselves for quite some time, right? And we're talking about a matter of years. And so when Pharaoh heard what it is that Joseph shared, he believed it. And right away in Genesis 41, uh, verse 41, he says, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as second in command. So the only person that outranked Joseph, a a, a immigrant, a foreigner uh, to the land of Egypt, was Pharaoh himself. Think about that. Joseph had a dream. His brothers didn't like his dream. They hated him for his dream. They sold him into slavery, sent him into a foreign land. He got falsely accused after being in in Potiphar's house, had to go from being in command at Potiphar's house after he helped Potiphar do all of these successful things and, and so forth, helped his house to be prosperous. Then at that point, once he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, he had to be placed in to jail. Again, he still doesn't lose sight of where his source uh, for, for strength and encouragement comes from. And that was God. The warden at the jail sees that. Puts Joseph in charge of everything again because he saw that the Lord was with Joseph. He saw how Joseph was about his business. And Joseph was placed in charge of everything that was going on at the jail, including in dealing with people that were in prison that were from Pharaoh's court. Okay from uh, working with Pharaoh, he interpreted their dreams. Again, Joseph is is giving. He's still giving honor to God, despite what his circumstances look like. And then, in a moment's notice, he's brought before Pharaoh. He's brought before Pharaoh, and he's able to, with the help of God, to interpret what it is that Pharaoh was dreaming that nobody else could do. And so again, your gifts are going to make a place for you right? Your gifts will open doors for you that nobody else is going to be able to open. And so when we're in alignment with the Lord, 
that gives us what? The opportunity to see what it is that God has truly purposed for us. And so Joseph ended up being the second in command in all of the kingdom of, of Egypt. We also learn later on that because of this plan and for how Joseph was able to uh, save up food and provisions and, and, and so forth for across the land of Egypt, that his very same brothers that sold him into slavery ended up having to travel from what? Their father's land to come to Egypt and to come before Joseph and ask for food, right? They wanted to buy food because they heard that Egypt still had uh, food when across the land there was this great famine. And so Joseph, and I'm, I'm just going to summarize this real quick, but you want to go back and read this, this story. But Joseph didn't treat his brothers the way that they treated him. Ultimately, Joseph didn't know how all of those things were going to work out. But because Joseph was what? Now second in command. And because he was faithful to everything that God was placing within his control, and he was giving God the honor. For that, unbeknownst to his brothers initially, when they came before Joseph, they didn't know who he was, and they had to bow. And so that dream that Joseph had ended up being the very thing that happened years later. And so team, we or, or family, we, we, we never want to um, write off anybody, right? Um, we want to make sure that when we're interacting with others that we are praying that we're asking God for um, a spirit of, of, of discernment for how we should deal with other people. And the bottom line is that we need to treat each person that we deal with with respect. We should be treating people with a, a level of compassion and, and love that they see that there's something different about us. And so as you think about those things, just keep this in mind that we're all going to face challenges at some point in our life. But it's important that, you know, when things get tough, that we remember that we're tough and that we can power through that with the help of God. And so just in closing, those three points that we discussed is to one, keep the faith, two, acknowledge God in all aspects of our lives, and then three, know that the Lord is going to make a way somehow, okay? And to God be the glory for all of that. Thank you for joining us today. Sometimes you're going to be 
disappointed. Even the ones that you most expected to be in your corner can turn upon, turn against you, but the Lord will make a way somehow. So we bless God this morning. That was an incredible word, and I, that was part two to something that uh, Josh started about six weeks ago. And uh, again, we thank God for uh, the word this morning. We want to open the line up. Uh, the first thing that we want to do is to give anyone that has had an opportunity to listen in to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. That's always important. Every time that the word goes forth is an opportunity for someone to come to know Christ as personal Lord and Savior. So if there is anyone that watched this morning, listened in this morning, that you joined along with us today, uh, and you're, you're, you've heard the message, but you also realize that maybe you don't have the personal relationship with God that you know you should be having. We want to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I also want to offer the invitation to anyone who may have received Christ, but you've been struggling in your faithfulness in your walk. And this is your opportunity to recommit your life to Christ. So as I say from week to week, when we were meeting in the church, we would call this opening the doors of the church. But this is not our uh, 